Recorded live in Manhattan's East Village at St. Mark's Church in the Bowery, this is The Poetry Project. Hi everyone, welcome. Thanks for coming out tonight for a reading by Miriam Parhiskar and Audra Wallowick. Miriam's going to go first, we'll take a short break, and then Audra will give a reading followed by a brief or not so, a multimedia installation performance. Please feel free to pick up a newsletter at the back table and visit the website to check out upcoming events um, on the online calendar. Our next reading, which is going to be the last reading I curate for the Friday night series, is going to take place on January 23rd with readings by Sally Wen Mao and Joyelle McSweeney. I hope you can join us then. Marian Parhiskar writes, researches, and works via her musical training. Her ear informs her poems, creating an array of rhythms, syllables, spaces, and line breaks that when read or heard out loud reveal subtleties, slight shifts in perspective that bring the readers back to their bodies and draws them earthward. Miriam is currently completing her MA concentration in American Studies at the CUNY Graduate Center. In addition, she is the managing editor of Litmus Press and the author of Pull, a Ballad, published by the Operating System in 2014. Her lyric essay on Sun Ra and Clarice Lispector will be coming out with Portable Press at Yo-Yo Labs at the end of this year. She'll be accompanied by David Sutkowski on guitar for her performance. Please welcome Miriam. I'm going to start with a few poems, and then I'm going to do a piece later where I accompany myself on the viola, which is something I've never done before. So we're all in this grand experiment together, but I'm, I'm glad to do it at the Poetry Project. Um, I also wanted to say that today is um, one year after the death of Mary Baraka, um, and someone who's very important for this space and organization. So, you know, let's remember him today as well. Um, I'm going to begin with a poem called Counterpoint 2, which is from a series called um, Counterpoints and Inventions. I see the red riding hood turning in a tide of faceless wolves. I remember a version of the story where she is caught, eaten, slaughters the animal from within its belly. Here she knows what she is doing. I make a variation, indiscriminate. The women, thinking of their destinations, passing each other on the street. Headfirst, I run down the path into the direction of the sun, grateful for my anonymity. When I am not a woman, I am a creature ramming its head against the wall to signal hunger. In my sincere melodrama, I am dying from something scratching at my organs. From the body of a man, Clarice says, every day spent living is a day away from death. Not that I wish for death, but the wonder of the possibilities that come after. Specificities of the matter do not explain, but make extrapolations. From the station, David wants to know if it is so bad that he thinks of us as just another animal. He says, every day I look at the mirror and I see a washed-up hairless beast not knowing his own terror. As we waited to leave, the man against the wall played music to tell us that he was hungry. In the dream, I made a fallback plan for something that I cannot recall. And the plan was a feedback loop made from the letters floating in space. And the loop was a song, mnemonic, memory, anniversary for something I could not recall past the moment right before I awoke. 
Adversarial is the memory, my revisionist take on matters, how it must be to locate the coherence of what all hangs and what we breathe. In another version of the story, it is the wolves who depart from the plague that guts them alive, harming no one in the process. In another version of the story, nobody missed anything that happened before the revelation. Running into the wall of the sun, I dissemble my pieces, disassemble my pieces, taking on a multiplicity of time. This is called astonishment. How this finger fidgets to the touch. How I find it scraping through the homeless circuits of information, trying to render the components of the day into something comprehensible. I am my finger. I am only a machine. If you are seeking my fullness, seek me out by my full shape. A system, the nuance of breathing, transference of the lung to the blood to the twitch. Motion casts a signal, and I malfunction in response. Fold at the digit, fold to the feel. I remember a kind of contact, miss it, porous tangerines in our mother's garden, and then taking in the scent. Wetness of the stray who became our companion for hunger. Porous clay pulled up through the dirt. Something I had forgotten. Haptic awe at the ground, at the hair, at the skin. Folds by which we count our graces. Which exactly, I cannot tell you, but I live in fear of a loss of one which I cannot yet apprehend. Graces of the poet's hands. I remember seeing them on the screen and how they moved when she spoke, orchestrating the breaths by which speaking and response were rendered possible. And I want to orchestrate possibility in this way, in my fingers. I am my finger. I am a fidgeting machine. I speak my own whole name in vain. I make an imperfect circle what your father said of things gone in the way, an astonishment that could be loved and grieved and loved again and all at once. What cannot be fully possessed, all rendered incomprehensible, peculiar, yes, possessed as snakes out of reach of their own tails, as sacred deserts as saints for guidance, information hands in the air, circuits of which this every day and every day in its entirety. If you seek my fullness, seek me out by my full shape. If you seek my fullness, find me there in my clasping figure, press, press, pressing awake. So this poem is called I Hold It Towards You, and it's after um, a poem by Keats, actually, called uh, This Living Hand. Um, And if you're a Jeff Buckley fan, I should say there's a Buckley reference in there. I had to give him credit. I hold it towards you, which is to say, there is validity in these gestures. No explanation but extrapolation via the limbs, by which I mean or think I mean collectivity as a part of speech. Come again. The radio channeling and exaltation of larks, what it is to be euphonious. In a dream, I was an organ tuner knifing the pipes to make the building run. In a dream, I was... In a dream, I was an organ tuner knifing the pipes to make the building run, this well-tempering as the articulation of the maladjustment of the details. I put my boots on in order to stay awake, told daily, oh, disobedient child, don't you know that the moral of the story is no shirt, no shoes, no service? Come again, come again. Our sky is a landfill, prophetic chanteur singing from the dead, and I am moving with everyone and moving toward those doors. Hello. Heavy is the hold, the metal of the beating of the Tourette good morning. Honestly, to hell with you people sometimes. How that is for sublime beauty. Door that I hold, hello, hello, extrapolation of the limb, by which I mean, I mean, I remember when someone said, you are my reality, in order to keep me awake. And even then, in the dream that followed, we were all in the same house together, no one upset by the facts. 
Suppose this hand were a living hand. Suppose this hand were a warm hand, a capable hand, how some time ago might return, linger, stay around for a while. This hand, this revelator, this hand, an earnest hand, this hand, a hard worker, all the things I have built with it, all the things it ever held dear. If I hold all this towards you, which is to say, which is to say, if the fire does not burn through, then what of the flame to the fingers? This is a longer piece called I Am My Animal. Because I cannot go alone, I call my animal to lead me to the place each time. My animal is wise. Each time I am in my machine, she looks for me in the window, finds my eyes, steps before me. As she walks into the dark, she looks to my direction so that I do not lose her. My animal is my double, my negative space. As I follow her, I fall into her. She is my sibling, she is my hands, my feet. I follow her into the dark, fall into her, feel my bones atrophy into what is not visible as the bones of an old musician blowing into a horn, eyes closed, becoming the cord, becoming the endless waves that move outward, dissipating. In my dissolved state, I finally find what I have always wanted, the tenderness of a trillion particles, their endlessness in numbers. My animal is far away, and she is close with me. She is my double. She is, she is in the particles, and together we are infinite. We fly, and we are in the smog. We are in the air, we are in the clouds. I am in the air and all the hues, the blue, the gray, the burning orange on the horizon, the warmth radiating onto the planet. I am the cold molecules falling towards, towards the hills, falling towards the city. My animal is with me. She is my double, my sibling, my ecstatic saint. She takes me with her. We fall together and both of us ecstatic. We fall, fall, fall to the city where we become rain, become ash, become detritus, become dirt, become germ. I become the virus, no longer afraid of death. I have transcended the anxiety of my future death. I kill, I live, I die, I exit the body. I am light. I am giving light. I reflect upon the steel of the buildings. I am heat moving outward. I am a current traveling through the, water, through the wire, wielded for the charging of the city. I am a spark. I escape. I burn the skin, embed into a scar, scar form a birthmark, form a constellation, spill into a lover. I am with her, my animal. I am my animal, double, my sibling, my saint. I am everything, and I lose my particles and fall, fall, fall. I fall to the church. I am in the church of the city, in the copper gates, in the holy water, in the cornerstone, in 